0: Because I was also a kid that thought you were either born with confidence or you didn't have it. I didn't realize it was a skill, something that you continually craft by, like, you know, keeping your promise within yourself, the relationship you have within yourself.
1: The Wolf is in the house, in the Wolf's Den for another awesome podcast episode here. And I got a special guest today, a guy who is incredibly inspirational and, and will really make you probably rethink some of the complaining you might be doing lately because this guy is the ultimate non-victim I've ever met one in my life and who's actually um, done more, accomplished more uh, and has a better attitude than Pretty much anyone I know, all right. Uh, and he's awesome. He's young. His name is Nick Santonastasio. Okay, Nick, Appreciate how are you, brother. buddy? Right here? Appreciate you, man. So, um, Nick, um, sitting. You see, Nick's obviously missing an arm and his one finger. He also has no legs, which I to me is uh, incredible. I mean, it's incredible in the sense that um, I can only imagine what my life would have been like like that. But I guess on some level, I, I just it just shocks me that. I see so many people who complain about things like I'm too short. I'm too. I never thought I was tall enough, by the way. Me neither. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and uh, you know, I have this, you know, deficiency. I'm I'm not handsome enough. I was not rich enough. The the government's treating me incorrectly. My yeah. teachers weren't, my parents didn't drop me on my head. But speaking of parents, let's start right there. Because yeah. I got to say, just from what i read, it seems like your parents were just the most awesome people ever in the sense of the, the beliefs they instilled in you, the way they treated you. So why don't we start off with, with that right there, about you know early on, your first memories, uh, and how your parents really, I think, really were well, instrumental in really shaping who the person you are today.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, my parents basically, like, as parents, I think, you cultivate the mindset as a kid. Like, that's the first beginning. Like, you're planting the seeds. Like, you're priming the kid. You're basically cultivating, cultivating the mindset from the beginning. And so my parents, like, basically, their, their superpower was they treated me normal. And so I think, uh, and, you know, now in day and age, like, parents handicap their kids, full-bodied kids. They just coddle them or they don't let them experience failure or life or fall down because they just want everything to be safe and certain. And so my parents, like, remember – you know, I did a podcast with them and I was interviewing them and I was like, you know, how did you introduce me to the family? You know, to, because I'm the baby of the family. So how I, many have, brothers? Yeah. I have one brother and two sisters. And how old are older. they? Yeah, all older. So my oldest sister, she's like 33. Um, my brother's like 31. And then my one sister's like 26. Okay. And so I was the baby. And so basically they just brought me home. And just I was like This is it Like didn't Didn't put a spotlight On the disability Or whatever you want to call it Disability syndrome Whatever you want to call what it What do you call it? Like, yeah so what, what
1: do you call it? Like I mean I, That's a good question Like you know Because I was almost Guarding my own words yeah, not, yeah I know you're not the sort of guy That gets insulted by anything And that's yeah, not yeah. who you are Where you live But what is the right way to, to to talk about something like that? How do you refer to it? Or how do you How do you view yourself? Like I don't look at you As being disabled yeah. As much as just being different I yeah, mean yeah. you know Challenged in some way Some extra challenges That you face Right but so how do you look? How do you view it in your own mind? Is there a label that you could put on this? So it's,
0: that's a great question. So I, I used to get offended if someone said like handicap. I, hate I hated the word handicap. Mm. So handicapped, disabled, I used to hate that. But then what I've realized is that's coming from how they view things. And so for me, like like you said, you don't view me as disabled. Like, I don't view myself as disabled. Like, I just view myself Dude, a little bit different. Yeah. I, mean, I was watching your Instagram. I mean, like,
1: you're doing more shit than I am. I'm like, yeah. oh, I felt bad about myself when I was done. I want to go climb a mountain like you did, you know? Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but it's just, like, the way I view it. And so I just look at, like, my body as a vehicle. And I got I got put into this world um, in this situation in a unique vehicle to allow me to move people and that's the, the vehicle helps me break down that barrier helps me feel you know make people comfortable helps people open up because they see me and they're like wow like this kid walks the walk or hops the hop right like talks to talk like y- he can't fake it like he's got to live in a certain way or else you'd be like super depressed or super negative and so i just look at it as a vehicle you know like i don't, I don't disability or super I got, it's superpower you know it's my superpower it's my unique you un, i call myself a unicorn like i've been put in this unique unicorn body body that allows me to really break into that that perspective, the barrier that we have on our perspective, the priming and everything.
1: Wow. I like that. Thanks. Great. So going back now to what was we your parents, so, so they brought you home and uh and how did your brothers and sisters I'm sure they just loved you and and they, just yeah. loved you up, right?
0: Yeah, so they said, you know, they just started loving on me and they never they they were waiting for them the like waiting for like, well, what happened where is his legs or where's his arms? Never it was like it was just like that was my baby brother and I love my baby brother and that's how it is. And so they that was this that was like their superpowers, they treated me normal. And that was the same way they took me throughout my childhood was like they let me get beat up and like oh you want to try to get on the chair like fall down and like realize like you need to try different ways and so like they didn't coddle me and treated me normal and so basically from the early age like they sat me down and was like nick like the world's not gonna adapt to you like you're gonna have to adapt to the world like this is your unique situation like you're born with no legs or one arm and it doesn't change and so like you always have to continuously find out how to do things your way like figure it out like nick's way and so in the most polite way i w- always say you know they would put my clothes in front of me and they would just give me verbal suggestions they would just be like oh try it this way or try it that way, but they never do things fully for me because that's coddling, that's handicapping, that's you know enabling, enabling the disability. And so basically, they would just put things in front of me, and then here Nick, here's your food and a spoon, and then like figure it out mm-hmm. and I tinker with things. Yeah. And I think that was my biggest advantage because it helped me exercise the muscle of like problem, problem, and problem and solution. Mm-hmm. Like everything in life is just like okay, a problem occurs. Like how do we, how do we find a solution? Like how do we go around it or how do we go over it? Like what, how are we going to break through it? And so I'm always just creative. Like, I always test myself. Like, even now, like, I always talk about, like, I can take a phone charger and take both my limbs, right, and plug the phone charger in, but I'll sit there with one finger and just try to, like, tinker and get it in. Just, like, keep my my mind going. Sure. Just keep me just, like, sharpened, right? Continuously test.
1: All right, the wolf is on the prowl here. Ready for this one? Stamps.com. You might have heard me talk about this company before. They're a frequent... Advertiser, sponsor of the show. Well, you know, I get to choose who's on this show. Seriously, sometimes I just say no. This is one I really believe in. I'll tell you why. If you're a businessman, entrepreneur, even an individual, listen, time is money, right? And I love my mailman. I have the coolest mailman ever, right? But as much as I love my mailman, as much as I hate to go to the damn post office post office is a nightmare. You wait in line, the people there are, you know, listen, I'm sure they're nice, but they're civil servants. They're moving at this pace of sea slugs. I mean, you want to see the wolf bearer's fangs? Make me go to the post office, all right? And here's the deal in the olden days where I'm from, you had to do that, right? Or if you're a really big company, you had one of these special services, but you had to be huge, or else didn't make sense. Well now, because of stamps.com, you can have the post office in your office. You get it? Imagine not having to go to the post office. Just think this through. There's no reason not to give this a shot, because the amount of time and money that you waste by going the other route is ridiculous, it's old school, it doesn't make sense anymore. By having stamps.com, your computer does all the things that Trip used to have to do when you went down to the actual post office, instead you just hand your stuff to your mailman. By the way, this works for small businesses, massive shippers, warehouses, so anyone big and small, you gotta give this a shot. And especially when you hear the offer, because you're part of the Wolf's Den here. Okay, here's what they can do. Ready? You're gonna love this. I gotta read this verbatim to make sure I don't screw it up. How about this? A four-week free trial, all right? Free postage, and a free digital scale without any long-term commitments. And let me just repeat that: any no long-term commitments. Let me explain. You know when there's a red flag, when someone, I get this all the time as a business owner, a a software program, a dialing system, whatever it might be, yeah, they want me to sign a one-year contract. I'm like, well, you know what? How about let me go month to month and let me cancel if I don't like it. I don't want to sign a long-term contract. Now, granted, many times you have to, because that's the way it works, right? But what does it tell you when a company like Stamps.com is willing to give you a, a freebie for four weeks, a free scale, and say, hey, guess what? No long-term, no long-term commitment. You know what it means? They are 1,000% confident that once you use this thing once, you'll never want to stop. Bottom line, all right? And it works or else they wouldn't be in business. It's an awesome company. It really is. Check it out, stamps.com, all right? And when you get there, by the way, you have to type in at the. Hold on. Don't want to screw this up. You want to type in wolf at the microphone on top, all right? Enter wolf at the top, stamps.com, what's the worst that could happen? You give it a shot, you get some free postage, you get a free thing, you don't like it, you cancel. But on the upside, if you are even one-tenth as happy as everyone else in the service, why wouldn't you be, right? You'll wonder why you hadn't done this six months ago or six years ago, I don't know if it was around six years ago, because it's a no-brainer. And that's what we say on Wall Street, it's a no-brainer. You don't need to have a brain to see this makes a lot of sense, all right? Stamps.com, enter Wolf, and believe me, you'll be glad you did. How would your parents know intuitively, instinctively, how to be like that? I, I mean, that is like when you say it, like it's like you know, my parents would just that's like amazing, though. It's like not like I don't know, if most parents would, yeah, would get that. And, and I like, think they from a different planet or something. What, like, did they? Is there a rule book for this or, or a guy's little no handbook of how do you handle like this? And just somehow they seem to. I want, what was it about them, you think, that, you know, did they have a good matter? Well, was it is something like they, did you ever ask them how, in your own past how they were able to sort of like, you know, in their own mind, there had to be obviously some disappointment when it first happens. Like, oh my, you know, anything, listen, I, my son was born with a hole in his heart. I was devastated because just anything that's out of yeah. the ordinary makes you like, oh my God, right? Yeah. So how did they, how would you think they were able to be so... Not a mom, but just spiritually and, and just, you know, have that much fortitude, I wonder.
0: Yeah, my mom My mom talked about it, how, like, we already had three kids, so we kind of had to lay it ahead of parent kids, but you're still always figuring it out. I'm not a parent, so I don't know. Um, but she said, you know, that I was the last, and kind of she just let me go. Like, she know, you know, she knew what she did right, and she knew what she did kind of wrong of the other kids, but, like, it's all, like, trial, trial and error. And so when it got to me, she kind of just, like, was like okay, let's just let him adapt his own way because if we continuously adapt everything around him, if mm-hmm. my dad, he'll never grow. My, he'll be yeah, weak. Yeah. If my dad figures, you know, makes things so I could pick up coffee 100%. cups a certain way, like yeah. the making making the world easier inside those eighteen years of adult, like growing into adulthood, and when I go into reality, like if everything's like everything's not adapted to you, and so like my parents didn't enable that.
1: What do you think about? So let's take that thought for. I have to. I want to go in order here because your life fascinates me. Right. But you just brought up a really important point. Yeah. All right, that life and the world doesn't adapt to you. How do you reconcile that with what they teach today in high school and educational institutions with like safe spaces and and all this sort of stuff? There were like almost like everyone's so fragile that that the almost the world has to adapt to the way you feel because every, it's almost like with today's you know PC culture, it's like that people's words have. I don't. I don't think anyone could say anything to you. That would you, – you, you, have, you have your armor up. You know who you are, right? Yeah. But, like, this whole safe space culture is the antithesis of the way you were raised.
0: Yeah. I mean, right now what's going on is, like, we're just, like, making making the population weak through the, the programming. Like, this is supposed to happen. Like, they want you to have limiting beliefs. Like, they want you to go to school and think going to school and going to college is, like, that's the only way and you're stuck in this box. That, that's what they want. And so it's the it's the few that break out and realize like oh I'm in control of my, my game I'm in control of my life and you know these limiting beliefs are just from past programming and past thoughts of my parents and the way my parents reacted to things like that's the way the game's supposed to go they want you to be they want the people to be weak
1: define they yeah they who's they. The, who's they?
0: Who is they? I don't know. It's the, the game, right? <laughs> no, no, like, no,
1: because, like, no, you know, listen, because we, we share a lot of similar beliefs. Yeah, we do, okay? Yeah. I'm not trying to sharpshoot oh, you. Oh, no, you, no. Uh, but I, no, because my wife and I had this conversation. Because, yeah. you know, who is this? So, no, because it's a good point, like, because when you think about it, I, I agree with you a thousand percent, right? That, that It just makes no sense to, to raise or, like, sort of, you know, bring a population into adulthood when the world is not a safe space. Why would you sort of coddle them and almost make them try to believe it is, or try to mold the world to your own little idiosyncrasies or your or, or any, like, sort of, you know, weaknesses you have emotionally, where, like, you know, yeah. everything hurts you, so you, so I, I wonder who they is. Is they, is they, I have a theory, okay, uh, they, I believe, in some level, is everyone who is picked last of the sports teams growing up you know, everyone who wasn't like I wasn't the captain of my football team. Neither,
0: I was a late blo- New York. I was, <laughs> a, I
1: was a late bloomer. Yeah. Okay. But you know, I didn't emerge. I didn't go into my adulthood thinking. I didn't look back at my adolescence saying, "I don't want any other child to ever feel the hurts, pains, and the left out feeling." That I have. I feel on some level that the people who have come into power, and in the less that people, who say, are like silently behind the scenes funneling information it's whether you call people from Google or whatever or not or whatever it might be. I think there's this this the people who are in the tech industry where a lot of people were the people who were picked last on sports teams. All right. As yeah. if that fucking matters one bit. <laughs> Okay, because they're incredibly successful, brilliant people. Now, I think at some level they're trying to like m- m- rewrite these rules, people. Manipulate. I, I don't know. It's just it's something weird going on right now because it makes no sense to me. Like, why would you? Mind. It's so. Look at you. Okay, so so you were in, you had parents that instilled these beliefs in you that are really empowering and allow you. To move through the world and sort of make the world the way you want it, right? To yeah. design your world, to, to to not to have the world adapt to you, but you to shape things based on how your your personal power, right? And I, I I think that somehow like the message has gotten reversed by people who are now in power. What do you think about that?
0: I mean, that's, that's I just, just it's part. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It blows my mind. And that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. I think the the system is designed to just like make people very limited, and that you like condition people that you can't do what you want and you have to go this way and i think it's funny you were talking about education and like in education like growing up in in middle school and high school it's like um what are your weaknesses and let's focus on that but like when you get in entrepreneurship and like life it's like double down on your strengths and like outsource your weaknesses like you don't need all this knowledge you don't need all like most of the stuff you learn in school like you don't need and yeah, like nothing. And, yeah, my son so, went to
1: college because I learned more in, in a week working than I learned in my entire college yeah, years.
0: Yeah, in experience and in life experience and going out there in the trenches. And so, like, yeah, that that blows my mind.
1: Were you picked on? Did, what the kids mean to you in in public school and in? Was, was there a time? Because I know kids are fucking mean, man. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And and especially, I think I don't think there's anything meaner than a 14 year old girl. Because I remember my daughter, like, she was a pretty girl. And she said, really, like, you know, everyone has their, their, their time in high school. With, like, everyone's yeah. against you at junior yeah. high school, right? So what, was there a phase in your life when, I mean, I couldn't imagine someone bullying you. Because that would just be, like, the ultimate, like, that would be, like, let's... Definition of the world's biggest asshole. All <laughs> right. Someone that would bully someone that can't really at that point probably defend themselves. Maybe you're probably gonna cry I know right now. You you could probably kick my ass. I probably know you're a jujitsu <laughs> expert. Anyway, but the point no seriously, one thing yeah. you'd knock me out, right? I wouldn't be surprised, by the way. I bet you I wouldn't be. But the point is, was that was it ever a part of your life? to you have to deal with that shit?
0: Yeah. There there is multiple instances. Like there was a, I talk about a moment when I was in third grade and we we're playing kickball and people were like, dude, how do you play kickball? And I was like, Well, you know, someone would kick for me and I run around the bases. And, um, I still remember the kid's name. I still remember the event because it, it hit hard with me and I, I, I was able to score and I was in between the pitcher and the catcher and the, the catcher said, Hey, how, how are you going to let a cripple score on you? And I'm in third grade. And so like at the time, I don't even think I know what the word means, but I know that it's negative And I know that, you know, that it was, it was like a poke at me and that got me into like, okay, like why, like, why are you calling me that? Like, I just beat you. I don't even have legs. Like I beat you like fair and square. Like, why are you calling me that? And, um. What I've realized that over self-reflecting is like that's just like pe- other people's insecurities, like how they feel significant is they put other people down or they bully people so it makes them feel better. Like everyone's trying to meet their needs in some sort of way. And so like when people bullying you, it's just like their insecurities, they're, they're lashing out on you lashing out at you and, and want to bring you down so it makes them feel better when it's really them struggling inside. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go, I had, it, I didn't get bullied much. Like I had a bunch of stud friends, like my best friends were like scary wrestlers. Yeah. And so like I was, I, had a, I was around a, you know, an amazing accountability group. Right, but there sure. was always a point like in middle school, um, I think we can agree, like middle school and high school, like boyfriends, girlfriends, right? Like we crave energy. We crave feminine energy or masculine energy, whichever way you go, right? I don't care which way you go, but we crave that. And so like a girl, I was on the bus and I still remember this girl's name. And she looked at me and she was making fun of everyone on the bus. And she got to me and she looked at me. And she said, dude, I don't even have to start with you. You're already too messed up anyway. And I'm in sixth grade. And it's not only coming. What's
1: her name? Let's Taylor, your uh, name's Taylor. Taylor what?
0: <laughs> Taylor,
1: you are... I have a word for you, Taylor. <laughs> I'm not even, even going to put out words. Like, I'm good, T. you know? All right, Taylor, you've ashamed of yourself. But it okay. helped me.
0: Yeah, it, it was a realization, so like... As You're humans, a gift, yeah, Taylor. Oh, a gift. actually amazing gift. Yeah. Like, thank you. Yeah. Um, but like we as humans, we stack things. And so if, if if someone said that to me and I don't catch my thoughts and my patterns, I'll dig myself into this deep dark hole. And so when that girl said that to me, the thoughts that I would stack were girls don't like you. And you're disgusting because you have no legs, one arm, and you'll never have a girlfriend. And how are you gonna walk her to a locker? Yeah, yeah. And when you get to that locker, how are you gonna open it up? Like you would just stack these thoughts. And so
1: Kayla, I, no one's mad so whoever trailer park you're in right now, don't be <laughs> upset. anyway. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, so.
0: But like it's it's other people's insecurities and they lash out on you. And so like
1: I think also with bullying sometimes is people bully because they don't want to be bullied. They figure if they could be on the bullying side with a group that they won't be bullied themselves. Yeah. It's almost fear at you know, you get it? Like if you're on the because usually bullies are in, a, the attack. are in a group, you know what I'm saying? So they a form a group. So as long as someone else is being bullied and it's not them, people that are really powerful don't bully. You know, people, you know, exactly. the toughest guy in the room maybe is not a bully. He's you know chilling. I'm right. He's a yeah, quiet guy. He's just right. like, he'll defend the p- yeah. person being bullied. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, so you had a little bit of that, but I think, you know, but for the most is probably it, ha- it had to be some points in your, even if people weren't bullied, you know, Let's say bullying I think it's kind of like the really bad extreme to this but what about your own thoughts like what were you feeling inside it, despite all this amazing you know programming and beliefs by your parents which is astounding um what was some of the low point like what you know how did you process obviously to get to the point you want now yeah and i bet you still have low points it wasn't today. always like that. oh we're still, we all, we all, still everyone building. does right yeah. i do too right but yeah. I mean, about, how, tell me some of the points like how'd you start to like some of the low points and some of the higher points and how that sort of you know how it went for let's say ages like you know kind of five to like 15 yeah so point of
0: life. yeah so high school i think like so girls were my biggest suicidal trigger
1: me too my big really they still. Till I met my current wife, they've yeah. always. I could, I, I could. trace back every mistake I made to the pursuit of a girl.
0: <laughs> yeah. So like my biggest, my biggest downfall, and and it just made me feel like I was super uncomfortable with my skin, and I didn't like it. And i asked the why me, like why am I born like this, and I need to figure it out.
1: Especially you're a good looking dude too. Yeah. That has to really I, piss you off too.
0: <laughs> no, you say, so fuck, I'm good looking You know, right? I
1: get it. Yeah. yeah.
0: So you know, just um, I was in that super low point, and like I didn't want to. I I was like, you know, I got I got dealt this. Like I thought it was a shitty hand. Like, you know, we all get dealt a, a hand in life. And yep. I was like, this is a shitty hand. And I wasn't view. I was focused on all the negative. I was focusing on all- nitpicking myself. Like, humans, we're designed to be disempowering creatures. Like, our brain, it's designed. And so, like, that's why you have to reprogram your brain and, and focus on the positive and, and reframe situations. And so, for me, with girls, like, I was able to reframe relationships and girls and and getting that energy. Um, Probably, like, two years ago, I finally broke through and I realized, like, my body is actually working for me and not not against me right working to like for me and not to me I'm not like, sure some girls love you well now it will when I'm open up yeah it's great girls no now you. life's great like, I th- bet there is there's, I mean, is there there's, like, there's more abundance in my life than, I, bet because there is, yeah. I saw the I saw the the more empowering situation or the more like the reframing and empowering way and the way I reframed it was like wow well this body that I have this vehicle that i have is an authentic filter and it's filtering out the type of women i i don't want in my life anyway if the girl doesn't want a further connection with me or be with me or anything because of my physical differences will like kick rocks like i'm on a way higher frequency and so like i'm only buzzing on a frequency when when i'm open to that i find girls that are you know in it for me and my soul and and who i am and who i show up as rather than someone that's judging me for like oh he doesn't have legs and stuff like it used that that used to consume me was like wow like that's what people see.
1: And then there's also, I think, you have to be realistic here. That you know, kids are not as evolved as adults. They do, you know, kids. I was like this kid. I would p- probably be scared if someone that had no no arms. Like my first instinct would be like, wait a second, right? Because yeah. you don't understand as an adult. To me, it's a irrelevancy over the age. Yeah, you know, I always say like, you know, to 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 um the kids. That if I mentor their kids, like you know. I say the things that matter to girls when they're 14 and 15 and 16, they don't matter when they're 23, 20. And especially yeah. when they're from 30, it's like it's, 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 women have these stages where like, you know, there's certain things matter when they're seven years old, certain things when they're 17 years old. Very different when they're 27 years old. Yeah. You know, but you're right. You have an authentic filter that really, especially right now, where you, so it's like it's like this... Uh, Superpower. A, yeah, in some level. So, so, okay, so you had this going on. So let's go back for a second to the scientific... So, what is it exactly that this is called? Hand heart syndrome. Yeah. So,
0: hand syndrome. So, hand syndrome is a super rare genetic disorder, and it either leaves the babies with undeveloped limbs or undeveloped organs. And so, at the time of my birth in 1996, I was the 12th case in medical history that they've ever seen it happen to. And out of the 12, eight of them have passed away due to undeveloped organs. So, out of eight, out of the 12 times eight of the babies are born. And their organs aren't developed, so they can't breathe on their own. They can't eat on their own. Sure. They pass away. So the doctors told my parents I had about a thirty percent chance to live. And when I was born, they immediately did tests on my organs, and my organs came back hundred percent healthy. They were like, uh, like, and they painted my and talking talking to my parents, they painted painted a very grim picture, like that your your son's going to be born mutated and he's going to look like super disgusting and like just like pay, painted a very disgusting picture. Oh, for Oh, they my knew parents. in the womb you mean. at least they thought yeah they they said you know like things were going to be messed up that i had a cleft palate my face was all messed up we should probably abort him like dude the list goes on and on and on of what they told my parents and so my parents because let life take it like you can't control it let's see what happens and so when i was born um you know my mom talked about like i didn't even notice the limbs like you were such a beautiful baby and they painted such a disgusting picture of you. And they used to call me an it. Like they didn't call me. They didn't call me a boy or a girl. They were like that it in your stomach. Like you should abort it. Like you shouldn't have it. Or you should institutionalize it. And so just like from the get go, like my parents didn't let that, like sour their mind, you know, because the the doctors from the get go painted this very dark, disgusting picture of what I would look like and and that I wouldn't survive. And so like, God bless my parents for like keeping that barrier and be like, all right, let like. You have this picture, but let's see what it really happens. Sure.
1: Um, so you were born with none of those things, like cleft palates or anything. No. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the the uh, so just the limbs, right? Yeah. And um, what what do you th- so at what age? It's I read a, a bit about you, right? And yeah. it seems like that one of the big things. I was a wrestler too, by the way. Awesome. Give me some. Yeah. Hey. Oh. Um, <laughs> and one of the things that stuck out was I think that you said it was really your big turn was athletics.
0: When oh, you engaged
1: man. athletics, right? Yeah. So, this, so was, it, was it, at first you said you escaped, but formally you started wrestling, right? Yeah. Competitively? Yep. T- tell me about that.
0: Yeah, so at that time, I was a sophomore in high school and like super low, super low state, like not very happy and I needed to do something. I needed to change my focus, change my physiology, do something to make me feel better about myself because I was also a kid that thought you were either born with confidence or you didn't have it. I didn't realize it was a skill. Something that you continually craft by, like, you know, keeping your promise within yourself, the relationship you have within yourself. And so I was like, man, like, I need to do something that is going hey, to stop, elevate stop, me. stop,
1: stop, stop. Okay. Don't let that pass by here. Repeat that.
0: The com- s- confidence? about.
1: Repeat that. It's a profound yeah. look at the camera. I want you to <laughs> tell them, you got What's your first of all, you guys got to read some of this stuff and listen to some of the stuff this guy has. He's not—this is the real deal. It's not bullshit, okay? And he practices what he preached. First of all, how do they—what's—you have a book out there, right? Where you, yeah. And you said you can give one of my, my entire ones a free— Yeah, a free audio well, book. Well, how do they get that, number one? Let's start yeah, right there.
0: Yeah, so the book is Victim to Victor, How to Overcome the Victim Mentality. the that's something that I went through, and so basically it's like my programming, like how I reprogram my, bind, my mind um, to live the way I do and view life the way I do. And so if they text the word victor— to 474747, it'll be a free audiobook. And I'm narrating it. It's not as cool as Morgan Freeman narrating, but it's me narrating it. And so if you text Victor to 4747, you know, so that's like the free gift um, to everyone. But it's basically my program. Put, put that up
1: on the screen so everyone could see that. Yeah. So what were you say? But say what you, you said something that was you said it just very casually. I was like, whoa! It's, I love that about about confidence being something that you have to craft within okay, yourself. Yeah, of, yeah. To, to, so repeat what you said again.
0: So basically, you know, everyone is trying to seek validation or significance from other people. Like relationships, like I want you love on me so I feel good. Love on me so I feel significant. But re- really the biggest relationship we need to be working on ourselves is, is ourselves. Like we need to be working on ourselves. And so confidence is like every time that you commit to something, every time you commit to something, whether it's a little goal, or a big goal, and you don't follow through, you diminish your self-value and the way you look at yourself, the way you show up. And so, like, just picture a person that commits to something and never follows through. You know how they view view themselves? Like, shitty. Like, I don't, they view themselves as, I don't follow through. I don't show up. And so, when you you make these little micro goals, like, I'm going to wake up 30 minutes earlier. I'm going to go to the gym a little bit. And you just do it a little bit at a time. And you hit those micro goals. You not only physically applaud yourself, but you say, good job. And you build that muscle of, like, I followed through. I committed and I followed through. And you build that relationship within yourself. You know, Ed Milet talks about it. Like, I love Ed yeah. yeah, I love Ed too. Best, Shout out to the man. Best. But having confidence is having a relationship that's so good with yourself that you don't care what the outside noise, right? The energy, all this, all this stuff going around us because you know who you are. You know who you are. You show up. You, say, you, you commit the things and you know they're going to get done because you know your work ethic and you know your self-integrity. Like confidence is self-integrity. And so for me, I needed to start building that muscle by committing and following through. And so my one thing was like, okay, Nick, like no one's coming to save you. Like you feel this way. You have one body, like realize the self-awareness, your physiology, the thoughts that are going through your head, your posture. Like you are not happy. I go to school and I wear this mask. And because I knew the energy was contagious, I didn't want to, my parents never knew about my suicidal thoughts because I didn't want to bring that negative vibes on them. I would go to school and I would smile and say, you know, I don't care. And life's great. Um, But I was really searching for something. And so wrestling. My older brother was a wrestler in Jersey. Jersey, like wrestling is a big deal. And so I never got to go to high school with my brother, but he wrestled. All my best friends were wrestlers. And so I got to this point where I was like, man, I want to become a wrestler. And at the time, you know, my, my friends were like, you should do it. And I was like, I can't. And the reason why I said can't is my, my arm, this arm was about five inches longer than it is now. My bone was going faster than my skin. So basically it was like your finger, but super, super sensitive. And if I would have hit it on anything, my bone would have came through my skin. And so I was like, I, I can't, my arm. And, like, fun fact, side note, like, the majority of not only humans but entrepreneurs, we always start off with can't. We're very disempowering creatures, right, if you don't catch your patterns. Mm. And so, like, you know, you could be self-reflecting the viewers right now. How many times in your life has someone said, you can't do that? A bunch, right? There's so many times, and it's how you react to that. And so, like, I always chose to use that negativity as fuel, like, oh, you can't do that. Well, at least I'm going to try. I'm going to be in the trenches, and I'm going to go out and try my best. Mm -hmm. And so for wrestling... Um, I was marinating on all these ways, like, how can I become a wrestler? How can I become, you know, be with my friends, be labeled as an athlete? Like this is gonna this is right. gonna make me feel good. And so I, I came home one day and I waited for both my parents to come home and I said, Mom and dad, you know, I wanna be a wrestler. And they were like, Nick, what about your arm? And I was like, Can we cut it off? And they are like, What do you mean, cut it off? I'm like, Yeah, like, you know, trim it, whatever you gotta, whatever you gotta do, can we cut it off? And um, you know, like they're like, Is this something that you really wanna do? I said, yeah, you know, like, it not only better the quality of my life.
1: How much longer was it? Five inches.
0: Yeah. So it's was, like, five inches, super pointy. Okay. You know, I'd always used to tuck it in. If I would have... It hurt so so bad. Like, if I hit it on things, it would get infected. I'd have to drain it. Like, just very bad. Right. And so I knew that it was going to not only better the quality of my life, but I'd be able to become a wrestler. Sure. And so, you know, I... I they, I didn't amputate my arm. The, the doctors amputated my arm, so they lasered five inches of my bone off, and they did a skin graft where they pull extra skin from up on my shoulder, pull it over. So anyway, fast forward, uh, my junior year, I, I try out for my wrestling. Team. It stopped
1: hurting? All good? Oh yeah, Great. yeah,
0: oh yeah. So I, it was it was super swollen afterward, but I was able to beat it up. Remember, like looking at the doctor, I'm like, I need some cushion. Like, I need to be able to beat this thing up, like do some <laughs> physical activities with it. Um, but getting on the wrestling mat, just like getting in the room and getting my ass beat. By my friends. Great sport. You yeah. Know? Like, I, I went in there. I was like, guys, beat me up. Like, don't hold back on me. And that was the same approach my parents took, right? Like, if my parents coddled me, like, it would have got smacked in the sure. face by reality. And so I went into the wrestling room and was like, guys, you need to, like, beat me up. Like, humble me. Like, show me show me what's good. And they, they beat my ass. And, and I built built through that i realized how how far that i can push myself not only physically but mentally the, you know the mental you know the mental battle mm-hmm. and so wrestling too it's a 1v1 sport like how do i don't
1: work with the weight class in terms of i was a
0: yeah I, I wrestled 106 pounds my senior year as a varsity wrestler from a mm-hmm. high school okay and um you had to be at least 85 pounds to be legible for varsity and i was only 80 pounds so every other wrestler is cutting weight nicks stuff in his face before weigh-ins <laughs> trying to be legible for varsity and so I was this like chubby chunky kid but I was varsity and that instilled confidence in me dude like I'd run out like when when the when they announced the team I'd lead the team I'd run out the charge we'd run in circles we'd get in huddle like I felt just more of a a man I felt more of an athlete. Like the things that I really didn't think I could be, like, oh, you're a kid in a wheelchair. No, you're a fucking athlete now. Was
1: that a major turning point for you, would you say? Like something that just was it like wrestling? A, yeah. Oh my god. Well, just the accomplishment. I mean, yeah, you know, whatever. Like what, doing it. Just, like the feeling fact good. that you Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And and there was a moment where like I came off the mat and a lady came up to me crying and I was like, you know, what what's wrong? And she said, My daughter's over there and she never wanted to do a sport or extracurricular activity. But she saw you out there giving your all like She wants to try all these things. I want to thank you. And I realized like two things. I realized like, wow, like all these things that I was nitpicking myself about (laughs) and hating turned out to be my biggest superpowers, my biggest strengths to influence others. And also that it made me feel good to serve and help other people. And that was me starting to gain like significance in a more empowering way rather than a disempowering way like sure. you know like that's what bullies were doing with the significance like i'm gonna bully on you so i feel significant and i feel good that's a disempowering way to achieve that right. need right yeah and so when i served people and helped people and focus my energy not only on myself but serving people it made me feel good and that's how i felt important through helping people and realizing like wow dude like work with what you got wow but i'm all over yeah and- my mind is all over right now it's great
1: no, it's great. So, so now, so that was you. So you wrestled. Junior, for, senior year. Okay. And senior then, year
0: was the varsity wrestler.
1: And did you uh, go to college or no?
0: So at the time, the app Vine came out. So Vine was an app released in in 2014. Six second six videos. Six second videos, and that's where I. What
1: happened to Vine, by the way? I it know, like, died. The Lo, you know J, uh, Logan Paul, right? Yeah. He was on my podcast. I love Logan Paul. I love him as well. Good kid. And uh, he started online. What happened to it? Just.
0: Yeah, it just fell off. I mean, like it got updated. I mean. Did something happened? I don't know what what happened to it. It, just, it may just... have got bought bought out by Twitter or something. Oh, okay. um, but at some banished? point it just wasn't yeah, it just vanished. Okay. Um but wrestling gave me enough confidence to put myself out on the internet. And so like I realized like, oh, you're helping people and like you can you can make people laugh and inspire them. What year is this now? This is two
1: thousand fourteen. Okay, so five years. My senior year. Okay.
0: Yeah. And so I wanted to create a way where people can look on their phone and like kids or adults that felt like suicidal or all the things that I felt, I was like, How can I, you know, empower people that feel the same way that i was feeling and so i wanted to create something that's never been done before and so i was thinking of this idea of thinking with my friends and i said how many legless guys do you see crawling around walmart pretending to be a zombie (laughs) and they said no one and i was like dude it's never been done before like pioneer right like (laughs) unique abilities right like how am i going to stand out like how am i going to focus on my strengths and work with what i got and so...
1: That's some Walking Dead shit going on. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll get to that. So,
0: like, they hired me a year after I started Vine. Who? Walking Dead. <laughs> Fox. So I, I posted my first zombie prank. I scared someone in Walmart. I put fake blood on my face. I put fake blood on my clothes. And I set out to my local Walmart. And I scared someone. He threw paper towels at my face. And I got this reaction in six seconds. Can you put and, this up there?
1: Well, I, I got to see this while we're talking. Go yeah. On.
0: Yeah. And so... <laughs> I posted the video. I wanted 500 people to see it. Oh yeah, this is the walking... This is after a year of Vine. I
1: see, I see, I see.
0: That, was the, that was the first ever Vine right there. People beat me with wrapping paper. me out to Tokyo to see if I can pull off my biggest prank yet. Oh, my God. I know who I'm scared. whoever you are. I'd probably sure. run.
1: I mean I, was, I mean, I used to... Nick.
0: Or kick me, oh, yeah, <laughs> whatever you show. need to do. I've been on the show for four years. I designed all the zombies. We don't really get a chance to play pranks. So we have somebody that's going to help us. <laughs> you, so
1: your skin is, you're still <laughs> a pimple from being a teenager back then. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> Dude,
0: the evolution. Oh, Rick. Norman.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Norman is
0: getting.
1: <laughs> oh my god
0: this was while I was a senior in high school quick note my my math teacher uh, didn't let me retake my midterm and failed me because I went into this prank so shout out to you <laughs> what
1: trailer park are you in <laughs> zombie selfie oh my looks pretty good right oh my god <laughs> Oh, God almighty. I like Don Reedus.
0: My parents are there as well. Oh, really? okay. Yeah, so I'm in the trolley. Okay. All right. That's my parents. <laughs> up, it was just like ultimate <laughs> task because like, He's around zombies his whole life Like on on set right So it's like how do you scare this guy so, I didn't think you out the so he's already know of my pranks
1: <laughs> Go out go out go back to the one in the Supermarket I want to see what's in the Walmart thing Go back to that for a second. That is classic Go back to the, I want to see people's reactions That was
0: funny you don't Really good chance this a My name is Nick Santonastasso. I'm a huge Walking Dead fan. You may see my zombie, zombie prank pranks online. And these are good. Yeah. And now the Walking Dead is sending me. No, you can't
1: find more of to the, a lot of. Zo- I want to see the zombie pranks. That was a
0: classic. I don't know. I'm scared. I did a yeah. If you want to type in Texas Chainsaw Masquerade yeah. prank, it gets even better. Like
1: two talks to Texas Chainsaw.
0: Or just type in Texas, uh, just type in te- not, not even my name, just Texas cha- uh, Chainsaw Massacre Prank.
1: We can just edit some this after Yeah, why. the top one.
0: Yep.
1: <laughs>
0: this is someone else's video, but it should be the video. Wow. Well. <laughs> yeah. This landed me on Fox News Live with Greta Van Strusten. Notice how gently he put me down. He didn't want to drop me, but I was supposed to be dead. <laughs> oh this oh is god, pretty, this is pretty bad.
1: Oh no. I love this stuff, by the way. Like, I, I watch this.
0: Destroyed the elevator. <laughs> Day, take it to the next level, Jesus. but like what? What I did there is I just Supposit. like how can I how can I do something that's never been done before? <laughs> and that like my vehicle, my no legs and one arm. Like when I looked at the fitness industry, I said there's no bodybuilder with no legs and one arm. And the first thing when I started bodybuilding was how are you going to become a bodybuilder? If you have half a body, right? And it's like I could have been like, oh yeah, you're right. You know, I can't do that. Or I'd be like, oh well, this part of my body will be more shredded than your whole entire body, right? You know, like there there's. I was just looking at the industries to see, like, how can I blow this up?
1: So let's, let's start back. Okay, so it started with – so after high school, right, um, you didn't go to college. You started doing – you started going right into, you know, Vine and stuff, doing internet marketing and stuff like that. So tell me.
0: Yeah, so I got accepted to college. I never went. I actually moved out to L.A. Um, to be I was supposed to be like a core cast member of like impractical Jokers, like a, a, a pranking show with the disabled cast. so you could pull pretty messed up pranks, right? And so I moved out to LA and um, we were supposed to film the pilot. I signed my lease um, in Glendale um, for like a, a one, like a studio, a shack for like 16, 1,800 bucks a month. And I had like 10 grand in my name. and I signed a lease in two weeks after I signed my lease, they cut the show. Like I never filmed the pilot and so I was like, oh my God, I'm 18. I was like, I didn't know that could happen. I didn't know, I didn't sign any contracts. I didn't know things could fall through like that, and I, I went I went to like another rock bottom. Like I kind of just, for six months, didn't do anything. Um, my roommate, my roommate ended up like not paying rent, wasn't the best environment I was in, and I was literally sleeping on a pile of towels. I was eating like peanut butter and tortillas, um, and I didn't want to mess my crowded up, so I'd rather pay like rent and get my credit good rather right. than pay for food all the time. Yeah. And I refused to tell my dad that, you know, I've, failed or went broke because i could always just hear him like i told you so i told you so you know and so but i'm super grateful for that experience because like i realized that i can live with absolutely nothing like i know how to live with like my below means what year was that 15 then 2015 like right after like i was supposed to go to college and i didn't pay tuition and i I moved to hollywood got it yeah and so for that six months i kind of went through this just dark phase of like oh man like I i didn't evolve like the Logan Pauls and the Viners were going to YouTube and they were editing videos. And I was like, wow, that's a lot. Like I didn't, I didn't adapt quick enough to be honest. And so when I moved back home, I said like, what's next? Like, what are you going to do next? Like what's the next career path? How are you going to make money? How are you going to provide value? And so when I looked at the industry of fitness, I was like, dude, no one's, no one's doing this, nor do anyone think they can do it. And so like I started posting lifting videos. And at first, like people were like, dude, this is stupid. Like you don't even know how to lift You're out of shape. I love you for your pranks. What are you doing? Um, but most importantly, like, I wanted to do something that fulfilled me. Like, I realized that people were just looking at my videos and, and, and like, correlating me with a joke. Yeah. You know, I wasn't serious and mm. I didn't want my grandkids and kids to know me for just crawling around Walmart. Like, I want to do something greater. And so that's when I looked in the fitness industry and I also realized, like, wow, you can't buy a fit body. Like, you can't. You can't buy a fit body. You can't just, you know, pop a pill or, or wake up one day and be shredded. And so if I can get my body in a certain point where I'm shredded, like, they can't take that away from me. And it's just physical proof that I built this. And that would be marketable. Like, how marketable would that be if I signed to a supplement company and I could be like, "This is how I built my body," and like, oh, "Like, look at this kid. He's got no legs and one arm, and he's in better shape than me." Like, that's marketable. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to figure out how to market myself, and so it was fitness. And then I got in shape, and people started to catch on. And then you know, I started modeling. I wanted to take modeling pictures, and especially with a, with an industry that's so cookie cutter, you have to be this tall and be this skinny. Right. And th- yeah, I was just like, "Yo, how can I go into an industry and just shake things up, <laughs> just shake them up?" And that that's what I'm still here to do. Like, I have so many, you know big plans way bigger than speaking like djing entertainment acting like i have master plans for everything in life of how that i'm just going to become you know all over so i can get in front of as many people and just shift perspectives like people lay you know oh motivational speaker inspirational speaker i'm just here to wake people up wake people up out of their you know the programming and their everyday life
1: tell me okay so you're like this you're a very talented speaker all right you have a great message. You know things that you say resonate with truth, right? So, was that something that just you know you always had, this or something that you started to hone in the last couple of years? Well, tell me, tell me about yeah, your speaking.
0: It's great. So, I, I think you
1: could always make money as a speaker. By the way,
0: thank you. So, I think I think it was honed. I think um, also I had to step into it because um, maybe it was a calling, maybe it's a natural gift to way to articulate stories and really teach people with painting pictures, but like my like the majority of my life my dad like it's weird my dad's like weirdly always right i feel like he just has these great ideas so he always told me he's like Son, like you could be a broadcaster, you could be on podcasts and do news. Like he was always giving me empowering ways to like be finance, like successful, right? Like you, what did your, dad your voice? You, what is- did your dad do by the way? My dad. So he basically is logistics. He directs. So Ferguson, the plumbing company. Basically, he's the routing guy for like okay. New Jersey. He just routes things. He's the man. Got it. And um, but he was like, you could be broadcasting. You could be a speaker. Like your voice is great. Like I love, I just love your energy. Like he just gave me these ways. Um you know, like, here's ways you can do what you want to do is like broadcasting and and all these things. But speaking anyway, I moved to Tampa like a little over two years ago. And that's when I met Ratmir and Don. Um, I I met through a mastermind. And so a buddy, a, a mutual buddy of all of ours was like, hey, bro, I just moved there. I was new. And he's like, come to my house. I got a couple entrepreneurs coming over. I just want to expose you to new people. And so I'm, I met Ratmir and the first mastermind, you know, I was kind of just like laid back. I don't know who I'm just analyzing. I didn't say any words. Second mastermind, I come back and it's just Ratmir and he, and he like looks at me. I don't know Ratmir. And now I know Rat, like we're, we're like, that's my, that's my guy. These are my guys. And he was like, dude, what's your story? Like, you haven't said anything, like, you're born, like, you know, from the outside, people are like, dude, like, what's your story, you're born with no legs, like, so what's going on, Like, so I tell my story, and one of the first things he says to me is like, dude, do you realize, like, your story, like, you can be speaking with the greats, you can be speaking with Tony Robbins, it was one of the first things he said to me, and I was like, dude, let's, let's be real, right, limiting beliefs, like, always coming back to that little, like, the bitch voice we have in our head, right, The limiting beliefs, and so I was like, man, Tony Robbins, like, top of the top, and... I wasn't really focused on speaking, but I went. I went all in. Um, He believed in me more than I believed in myself, to be honest. Like he saw more in me than I saw in myself about speaking. And so at first, like he was calling car dealerships. He's like, "I'll work for free for you. Like if I can just let me show you what I got. I'll work for free if you like what I do. Maybe we'll start a company one day." It was like kind of like a joking matter, and it's crazy because two years later we're like taking over the world, right? Mm. Um, But. I think it w- the speaking was like maybe a natural calling, but I didn't tap into it because I didn't believe in it, mm-hmm. I didn't believe in my ability. I didn't believe that my story was cool. I didn't believe my story had the ability to change lives. I just didn't believe it. And so, speaking continuously, speaking over and over again, and and, and exercising that muscle, like I every time I got off the stage and I did a meet and greet, like my- how did
1: it start? Let's well, Let's go slow it down. So how did it start? So you you call it around. Yeah. Right? So He's-
0: yeah. So basically, Ratmir is like um, I quit my job. I had one job, and I was working. Um, I ha- I was, whoa, I was. Whoa, doing- what is it, Ratmir? What is Ratmir? It? Yeah, Russian. He's Russian. Ru- oh, you re- Ratmir. Ratmir. Okay. Yeah, R A T M I R. Got it. Yeah, and so, um, I was working like a part-time job doing just uh customer support or customer service, just like because I was moving to Tampa trying to make some money. And he was like, "Dude, quit your job. Let's go all in. Like, let's just do it." So at first, he was he was cold calling car dealerships, like, "Hey, you need mm-hmm. anyone for your sales team to come in and fire him up, like." And um, we got a little bit of traction, and then we kind of just was like
1: charging. First one was a
0: thousand. thousand dollars or free? We still, I still do things for free because my top core value is contribution. So, like, if I believe that like the right people are in the room or is a good opportunity to give value or like to do more for kids, like I will just do it for free. Like mm-hmm. I still do. Th- these are the things that got me to where we are today. Is like mm-hmm. doing things for free. But anyway, every time, like every time I got off the stage or got out of an event, like a little, a little more of me would believe in it. Believe in what I was saying. Fully believe in what I was saying. Mm-hmm. Like you have to, as a speaker, you have to. You have to go in there like con- convey. You have to fully, like wholeheartedly, believe in what you're saying to really have people transform. Right. And so, like every time I would get off, I I do meet and greets, and I always like to just like meet everyone, and like I don't like to just ride out. I want to touch people and like hug people and like. What do you get from it? What are your takeaways? Every single time I do meet and greets, I would just build this person. I would just believe more and more. Like. Physical testimonials, like people coming up to me like, dude, like, I don't look at the world the same because of you. And that would help me gain my belief that, I would, like, dude, you're a great speaker. Right. You're a great speaker. And then um doing things for credibility, bringing the book and, and getting on Forbes. And then I met Ed Milet, and I went on his, you know, podcast, and he looked at me off, off camera. I was like, dude, you're you're one of the greatest speakers I've heard, ever heard in my life. And, like, that's someone else, like, seeing, like, those are the key players in your life that see more in you than you see in yourself. Mm-hmm. There were so many people like Ratmir, Don, like Ed Miletz, like Andy Fursell, people that saw more in me than I saw myself. And so like, I stepped into like my calling. I didn't know speaking was it. I didn't know that storytelling was it and how it was going to change lives. But once I like, over, over the time of speaking 50 times now a year, 60 times a year, like I believe more and more in myself. Right. And it sounds so corny and cliche, but like when you fully believe in yourself and you're like, he's sold. The guys are sold. Like, like. They're sold on me. They're sold on my performance when I go on stage that I can change lives. They're sold on me, and they sold me on me. To be honest, I didn't believe in myself. Right. And so that it's it's crazy because the first thing Ratner said to me was like, "Dude, you could be on stage with Tony Robbins." Well, a couple weeks, a, a, a couple, I don't even know what day it is. A couple days ago, I was on stage with Tony. Like Tony wanted me to speak at his event, and now like I'm going to be all around the world speaking with Tony and. And being closer to him, and being able to be on his stages and impact people, like the top of the top, the greatest, the OG, right? Everyone goes back to Tony, and it's just like, I went from nothing to something, and in between A and B, I just just built this massive belief in myself and my and what I say.
1: How much of your message does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, how much of your message is is it, is it changed? Is it the same message? What is it like? The, the things that you teach. Are they exclusively your own or things that you've heard from other people you've adopted? How much of it like is is, is uh, or your own unique view with your own lessons? Yeah, or, for sure. So
0: I think a combination. I think I have my own unique perspective, my invaluable perspective, right? Like my perspective of living in a body with no legs of an arm, the things that go through my head, how I program, how I view things. But I'm a student of the game. It's one of my other core values and personal and professional. Like I'm a student of the game. And so basically, like I'm a knowledge broker. Like, you know, I learn from the best. I learn from the people who have the results I want. Like, we don't have to reinvent the wheel. We just got to make it smoother. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I go out and I learn from people that are having success, and then I put it in my own way, and then I give that message. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think everything is, like, regurgitated. You know, like, there's there's only, like, the fundamental laws of life, right? And you, and you can spit them out in a certain way, but everyone's saying the same things in their own unique way. And so myself, it's just like... I'm just learning from the greats. I'm learning from everyone that has a success, the the people that know how to make transformations in people's lives mm-hmm. and then I and then I put it in my own words.
1: Do you find your message evolving like in this, yeah. if you look at the at the early speeches that you give me an example like when you first well I thought like in my case when I first went out there um I'm known for teaching salespeople, right? Yeah. That's that's my superpower, right? Yeah. But when I first went out to You're speak, very good. thank you. When I first went out to speak, I almost didn't want to talk about that because the system I teach is really powerful and I was like, oh, people will learn it, don't misuse it because what happened in my life. I had limiting beliefs myself. Yep, real bit, right? Yep. And then, so I tried to, it's like this, this weird, I have this like theory on, on human beings that we always try to be what we're not. Like, in other words, it's like, you know, you're really known for being a sales channel, I don't want to teach entrepreneurs like you. Almost always want to break out of what people. You don't people want to be pigeonholed. You. Yeah, right. So, so on and, and on. Some level, while that's that's admirable, very often the most money will be in actually in going congruent and focusing on one thing that you do awesomely well, better than anybody in the world. But I, I just notice my own. if I look back at my early events, and what I would teach people, while the the, the lessons are pretty much pretty much the same. My speaking, my 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 style has evolved. How about you? Have oh, you,
0: dude, yeah, exactly. So, I'm, what's I'm, your biggest
1: evolution for you? What do you think of the biggest change in the last, you know, last year or so? What do you think? Because you seem like you have a lot of, you know, really powerful messages. What's the like, what's the shift that you? And see? And I'm
0: still working on it. I'm still working on it, and that is the big massive breakthrough of not speaking to people, but with them. So basically, on stage, like when people get when people get all freaked out about you know, speaking on stage and their, you know, public fear of public speaking is the number one fear, right? It's because you are so focused on what, what are they going to think of me? What are they going to think of me? I mess up or say the wrong thing. But if you are focused more on just the impact and not yourself, like going on stage, what I've realized, it's not about me. Like it's not about, it's not about me. It's not about you when you're on stage. It's about how you can make them feel. It's about them. And so like saying the word, like language saying we, rather than you, like was a massive breakthrough for me. Like, rather than coming off like dictating and lecturing like we like if you're give, me, up a, for give it, me an example you need to think like this you need to reframe things i could come off and tell you you need to do this or or i can frame it as if you're up for it and you want to go to the next level we need to start thinking like this totally different because rather than like there's a lot of alpha people in that crowd they're like why are you talking to me? Like, talking to me like that, right? <laughs> We're alpha dudes. Like, pe- like there's there's females that are alpha. Like, right. why are you talking to me like that? Right. So it's a massive breakthrough for me to be like, like, I'm the Yoda. Like, it's not about me. I'm just the guy that helps you get from A to B. Right. And so talking to people as, like, come along the journey with me. Like, I don't, like, not talking to people. That, like, still my breakthrough. And I set intentions before I go on stages of, like, using we, like, language. We not you, it's we, like, come with me for the journey, I'm not talking to you, I'm talking with you, come with me, that was my biggest thing, because, like, I feel like I get so aggressive, like, when I'm on stage, I'm channeling, and it's so aggressive, and sometimes I come off, like, you need to do this, and we need to we need to talk like this, and, and, and let's talk about gratitude, and disempowering, and empowering ways, and reframing situations, but it's more inviting, and people will be more inclined to change, and um, adopt your beliefs, if it's, like, We need to do this. Mm -hmm. I don't know. That that's been my thing. And still to this day, like I tell the guys like I set intentions of we. Like I need to start using we. Because when I'm on stage, I want I want to guide people. I want them to bring them in. I don't want them to feel like he's pointing at me and saying I need to do this because they won't take it. There's gonna be people that can take it because they need to be communicated that way, but there's other people that like their alpha comes out and it's like don't talk to me like that. Right. People need to be communicated in a certain well, way. Well,
1: it's sort of you know the issue is when you when you talk like that you kind of find difficult to get the rapport with people. Yeah. Right. You're out of rapport versus the you know the second way is not just the word we but the softness and the empathy in your voice, oh, the, tone. the tonality, yeah. is right, and the a pauses. Big thing. Yeah. Right.
0: Um, yeah. The evolution, the, going back to the evolution of speaking. Yeah. Like you don't need to be always speaking all the time. Like say something and let that pause sit in. Right. And then asking questions. Asking questions for them to self-reflect and start thinking about the things like, you know, when I talk about my arm and amputating my arm, I'll ask them, I say, well, maybe it's not a limb in your life, but what are the limiting beliefs we need to cut off? Mm, right. What are the people we need to cut off in our lives? Asking questions that stimulate everything's thoughts, right? right? So if I can ask the right questions for you to stimulate the right solution, there's the breakthrough.
1: Do, do you um, have, have you gotten to the point yet where you've got this down to like, Nick's strategy for life like do you have a sort of a, your own do you have like a way that be like you know if m- m- people go through it like listen for me i mean I, what i teach is is, is a, a strategy for communication right sales negotiation could be for anything right but the point is that when you teach it to someone else the logical thing to do is to break it down into steps yeah. right here's step one step two step three we're gonna call that right um have you Thought about in your own life, like if you were to say, okay, this you have a special quality, right? If I had to put my finger on what your special quality is, it's the ability to essentially manage your emotions at a very high level and also to, to essentially constantly look at the bright side. Those sort of, bring it down, like just, you know, you're a glass half full sort of guy, Right. And you don't put limits on yourself. So you have very high standards. All the stuff like self development, like, you know, high standards, empowering beliefs, you manage your state. Those are very basic things, right? They're really basic, right? But I think that you, I, I think that what your contribution could be is like there's a different, there's another level above that. Like Everyone teaches the same things because, as you said, they're all basic truths, right? You have to have a vision for the future. You have to manage your state. You have to have empowering beliefs. You have to have high blah, – blah, 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 blah. Everyone knows that, yeah. right? And Tony didn't invent that, and he'll be the first. No one invented that. Yeah. It's been around me, Aristotle. I guess or Plato. I don't know, you know, or some Egyptian guy. Who yeah, yeah. knows, right? Or some, chaos, some some Neanderthal invented it, right? Aliens. But what you said is very true, though. It's your way it, – the, the what separates people is their ability to communicate that message in a way that – impacts people and makes them want to change right but my question is i is i think that because of your unique perspective in life and obviously a very unique perspective i think that you could dig deeper into this in terms of if you want to really help you make change and you know what is nick's strategy for building mental toughness and mental fortitude you're an an inner game guy basically you see you're about what's up here right the inner game of success right what is your formula for it I believe you. I believe there's something there that if you were to dig deeper and try to write it all down, did your book do that? Is there a formula with steps?
0: Um, so what it is, it's like story lesson application. But after every chapter, there's strategic questions. We're talking about questions. So there's questions that are designed for you to reflect and then work on yourselves, right? Because I didn't want people to just read a book and then be done. Mm-hmm. I wanted them to ask certain huh. questions, reflect, and then write down what they need to do to work on themselves. And so, like, I think the the formula, right, is like starts off at self awareness. It's like where are you at? Like where are your thoughts? Like what kind of what kind of frequency are you on? Your thoughts, your physiology? Like where are you, where are you at? And then realizing how precious all the information that goes into your brain. Like what are you what are you feeding the garden? S-
1: step one: What do I do today? I, I, you're a listener. Some people are listening right now. What's they gonna? They want to say, you know what? This guy, I get it, man. I I because you do have a way of changing. You do. There's something about you, about your energy. Your spirit, something that, you know, I'm like, I even said, I'm like, wow, this fucking guy, man, he's like the real deal, and I respect you, all right? What's the first thing I should do to be more like you and the attributes of you that I like? So I want to model certain of your attributes. What's step one to being more like you in terms of your ability to just make the great to, – to make – lemons I, and I'm, a, I'm an expert at that myself in, in the business world right of taking yeah. bad things and making them good right but tell me on the inner game what's the first step
0: i think it's it's practicing like exercising the muscles so like we have all the tools in our tube belt right but we don't exercise them we don't practice them and so continuously like pick something so the the power of reframing right like every time something goes every time something goes wrong or you think it goes wrong ask yourself what else can this mean like by you continuously doing that you're conditioning that so then the Mm -hmm. next time something comes up it's almost instinct for you to look at the brighter side because you know there's two ways to it but like like i said we have all the tools in our tool belt like all the mindset tools right Mm -hmm. But like we aren't conditioning them we aren't sharpening the sword and so for me for people i would start with something like what do you need to work on like what do you need to work on in your life is do you need more gratitude in your life do you need to look at the world differently do you need um your core values do you need need to be switched like kind of be super honest with yourself and say like where am I at and where do I need work and so for like core values like if you want to start with core values like how are you meeting your core values and like like contribution like I switch my my top core value from significance step one
1: that's well, we now like a step two you know let's go let's stay step one because you have so much to offer here right step one is, is what is I like get honest identify where you really are be like super
0: what? yeah oh yeah identify like where you at like wh- what do you need to work on because we all have pillars of life right like you know health what Mindset. are the most
1: common things you see people need to work on out there? When you, you speak a lot. What do you see?
0: Dude, I think health is the foundation of everything. Health is the foundation. Like, health is wealth. Like, people need to realize not only is our, our mind connected with our body and it's one, but, like, the more that you just work on your body, mm. maybe it's just I agree. walking. Mm. Maybe it's just walking or doing yoga. But, like, if you view, like, I like cars. And so, like, a Ferrari, if you view your body as a Ferrari and you're putting regular fuels into a Ferrari, how is that going to perform? it's not going to perform like a ferrari should. And so like I think okay first step like where's your health at? Like how do you feel in your in your in your temple? How do you feel in your body? And then and then work on that. So like gym is always a staple in my life, like fitness, because I've realized that if I slack off in my fitness, that I tend to slack off in other areas of my life. And so what is that staple that kind of keeps you keeps you grounded? But like a f- first step like I'm all over. But first step is just like what do you need to work no, no,
1: on? No, 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 cuz we're getting somewhere. No, cuz cuz I, I I agree with you more. In fact, this morning you know I'm old, fifty-seven years old, right? It hurts when I get out of bed in the morning, and everyone who's my age, you know what I'm talking about. The first step it just sucks, right? And this morning, I I thought I thought like someone played a trick on me. I, I slept six hours, which is a lot for me. I woke up feeling so lousy this morning, just terrible, like terrible, tired. Oh, yeah. terrible. Like, I, I thought, like, did my son give me some like medicine? Like he he I felt like someone drugged me, right? So what did I do? I got up and I forced myself to work out. You moved. I'm, I'm, every morning I worked out, right? Yeah. I got, went outside, live on the beach, right? And I took my armband. I'm recovering from shoulder surgery still. Armbands, my dumbbells. And I. And you know what? Within 15, 20 minutes, I felt great again, yeah. right? Yeah. So I So I, I, and then I came to my office. They said, guys, I said, you know, I told them that story. I said, you know how much important physical? So I agree with you. So would you say, so for you, step one, to buy into Nick's way of, of doing things, would be that you have to, number one, you got to like start, is it starting day with exercise or what, what is it? Is it, be more specific, like, is this aerobic? Is something like just sweating? Is it, a, is it a sweat? Is it a sweat or is it what?
0: Yeah. I mean, get moving. Yeah. So like when you wake up, it's just like, what are you going to, like, the mind and the body. So like waking up, like I, I, I try not to look at my phone because it's all negative stuff immediately. Right. <laughs> and so like, it's like, what are you feeding right when you wake up? And so like setting the tone for the day. Got say it. first, setting the tone for the day, like setting intentions. Um, like, like
1: the admiral says, you got to make your bed. I love that guy, by the way. Yeah, make I, he's, I, because of him, by the way, I make my bed in the morning.
0: Yeah, like how do you show up? Yeah, right, so yeah. like step first is just like, like where where are you at? Like that's what I, the self. Yeah, okay, so so but like
1: so big part number one, you got to get yourself not not so much in shape, but just. Just moving. Moving, just moving and right just not like lying around sitting there like i don't feel good right yeah okay so not- that's the physical part all right now let's go let's go on to step two what's the next step
0: yeah i think start feeding yourself mentally with good stuff because what you read what you what, watch everything you ingest everything around us like do, turn on the news it's negative everything's negative like it's supposed – like they make it they, right? They make it negative so you have limiting beliefs and you think about certain things and so being very conscious of what you're ingesting knowledge-wise. Do, you
1: do you think they want that or just a byproduct that that's what we will naturally gravitate to so they make more money by showing us that? they really you think people are really trying question. to – do you think they're trying to dis- disempower us? Do you think that? I don't know. I mean I wonder. I think maybe they do. That's a big yeah. –
0: I, I think I think they do because there's just there's a, it's just a, there's a, there's Control. a majority, the majority yeah, everything's controlled, but the majority of the game is controlled, and then the few that break out of the matrix right and think their own way and realize that all the stuff on the news is all garbage and propaganda and doesn't it's all garbage. Mm-hmm. And so being very conscious of what you're ingesting mentally. So it's like the physical. Do you aspect. watch the news enough? No, oh no. Like yesterday, we were watching the president president it's debate or whatever. I don't even so know what it was. I'm like, dude, this is terrible. Terrible. And so. Um, They're all
1: just all lying anyway. They're lying yeah. through their teeth. There's no so, truth on that stage.
0: Yeah. So, Republicans or
1: Democrats. Yeah. It? No idea. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, but like step two, let's say step two is start filtering out what you're consuming.
1: Okay. Like thoughts. And, and, and would you include in that people you associate with?
0: Oh, for sure. Right. Your environment. Yeah, be aware of your environment. So, like, not only the the content you're ingesting and the books you're reading or the things you're reading on social media, but who's around you that drags you down. Are you with people that elevate you? Or are you with people that just are part of the majority that go through the motions and they're mm-hmm. negative and look at the news and have the dream link. stompers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I think it's just being super picky, picky and choosy about who you sur- not only who you surround yourself with, but what you're ingesting on a day to day basis. Because like. If I wake up and I look at the news and it's immediately negative, the majority of my thoughts that day are probably going to be negative, or mm-hmm. some sorts program me subconsciously. Mm-hmm. And so, like waking up and ingesting something positive or okay. something motivating.
1: Positive this is not me a motivational tape or or a clip. So Maybe you- it's
0: your vision. What like setting? What like what do you want your life to look like? Who do you want to show up? Who do you want to evolve as? Okay. Like uh, also for me, like having a vision. Yeah, we talked about like you said having a vision is is super important, right? Mm. But like when you continuously have your goal like you're writing your goals down or, or they're always in your mind you're buzzing off that fre- frequency like mm-hmm. you're more inclined to see like networks opportunities resources for mm-hmm. people to help you get to the next level mm-hmm. but if you're so dumbed down by all the bs the news and all these all these stuff that negative stuff that you're ingesting you're not going to be not only buzzing on that frequency but seeing the opportunities that are right in front of you to level up mm-hmm. and so i think just always keeping your mind on like where you need to be like where do you want to go um, because, like, once you have a destination, you just kind of figure out where to, who do I have to become. We were talking about this yesterday. Like, it's not, like, what do I have to do? It's who do I have to become. Mm-hmm. Who do I have to become to obtain that life? Like, that person five years that's driving the Lamborghini or whatever success is in your life, like having the house or the, the amazing family, like, who who do you have to become? What kind of... How does that person show up? The habits, the things they ingest, the people they surround yourself with. It's like, who do you surround yourself with? Like, you definitely don't surround yourself with negative people, right? Mm-hmm. Because no. you want exactly right, and so who do, you, who do you have to become? That was that was the thing that was talking, talking on my mind last night is like, who I'm all over, but who do you have to become? Because it's not like, what do I need to do? But like, you need to step in, like, who's that person you need to evolve to? Like, one of my limiting beliefs in high school was like, then I was stupid and I didn't like reading and I, I sucked at studying, and I get, I get anxiety when I think about studying scripts right. and all this stuff, and so like, I changed that, and like, I now I read more than I ever did you do not
1: like reading boring stuff
0: no right now i'm reading think, no 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 think and grow rich i'm reading think and grow That's rich it's a phenomenal um, four-hour work week by tim Ferriss. i'm reading like you're only allowed to supposed to read one one chapter of think and grow rich a day so you can process the information so like i've i've changed my ways of just implementing one hour of studying so i read one hour um of personal development and i write notes on it and i study it and that makes me feel better as a person i feel smarter After my limiting beliefs are like, dude, you suck at studying and you suck at school. You didn't pass math. You can't count on your fingers. Like all these things, right? Like all these things. But now that I, you know, attach a a better meaning behind reading and I feel good about it, like I'm going to keep doing it. So what are the things in your life that make you feel good too? Right. That make you feel like you evolved? You know, you can, I always tell people, you can be in a rut and be in a slump. And it's like the one thing, the one finger technique, the one thing, like, what are you going to do today that is going to evolve you into a better human being, Mm -hmm. your better character? Um, like I said, whether that's getting your body moving physically or whether that's ingesting more stuff you know mentally and you're and you're reading you're reading knowledge that's congruent with what you're working on.
1: How about the uh, strategy side of the equation in terms of um you know as a business you, you mentioned that you went to a mastermind, right? How did you how, did you, find, how did you end up going to a mastermind? was it a free mastermind? was it a paid mastermind? Oh,
0: This was just a buddy. It was like a free like a couple of guys coming over. And it was my first introduction to mastermind. I didn't even know what masterminds were. So basically, it was like, "Dude, just a bunch of buddies are gonna come in, come come together, share our share the way we view life, how they're operating in business, our challenges, and kind of just like a big um, group of just brainstorming." That's what I think mastermind is. Just sharing for those different- who don't
1: know what masterminds are, they when people meet in groups and they it typically, it's comes, it goes back to actually thinking the rich Napoleon Hill, yeah, where he, he has a, a masterminds, about people like, you know, 12 people, 12 minds are better than one mind. So everyone tries to help everyone solve each other's problems yeah. and there's some accountability involved. Sometimes they meet once, sometimes they'll meet for us regularly. Um, but, so that's, that's a mastermind. So you just attended this, a free mastermind. It was this more of a brain, brainstorming session,
0: more. I'd say just connect. We were connecting. I didn't know anyone in Tampa. Networking session? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't expecting what came out of it. Okay. Um, you know, like creating a company and speaking and, and meeting the guys that I'm going to spend the rest of my lives with. I didn't expect that. Um, but it was just like, yeah, getting into a mastermind and, um, just like connecting with different people. Like if I didn't go to that mastermind, um, and he instilled that belief in me and was sold on me that I could be the speaker I am today and that mm-hmm. I'm evolving into, like, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. It awesome. kind of blows my mind.
1: Awesome. So tell me, what's the um, what's the five-year plan for you? Where are you going to be in five years from now?
0: That's a great question. Five years. So basically, I've realized that I can only impact as many people. Like, I can only impact a certain amount of people in personal development stages. And so, like, some, someone I look up to is The Rock, um, Dwayne Johnson because he's talking took, over the world he, he does everything and so my plan is to I'm going to get in DJing like I'm going to get in DJing and bring my perspective and personal development gratitude and, and all these amazing things that I teach people in the personal development world I want to bring it to mainstream I want to wake I want to wake people up and so how do you do that? You get into where the most eyes are, and that's entertainment, that's acting, that's everything that influences us around us. So, like, five years, like, I'm going to be a famous DJ, I'm going to be a famous, you know, musician for, like, making songs, I'm also going to be an actor, I'm going to be the first Calvin Klein model with no legs, like, I want to do it all so I can get in front of as many people as I can to wake them up, and, and how I do that is just, like, through entertainment, is through acting, like, I want to do it all, bro. Like speaking is just like, these are only stepping stones. Fitness was a stepping stone. Pranking was a stepping stone just for me to get to that massive level to really have a massive microphone, a megaphone and be like, this is shit. Let me share my perspective. Like look at the world differently because that's what I want people to do. Like, you know, I want to educate people and I want them to feel better about themselves. But most importantly, I want people to wake up and view the world differently because the majority of people just that victim mentality of like, why me? You know, like the world's happening to me, not for me. Right. And are so you a religious
1: guy. Organized like, you know. I
0: was raised Christian, um, but right now, like. The universe. I'm a I'm a universe guy. Like energy, like the energy you put off, and and the frequencies that you vibrate on, and how you elevate your frequencies. Re- like ingesting the right contents or grounding mm-hmm. yourself with the right people. Like that's gonna elevate your frequency. So God, whatever you want to call it, there's a higher being out there that like you just need to tap into it. We all have it, but it's like there's like I said, there's so much conditioning, there's so much priming that we just go through the motions and then we don't realize that we're in control of our simulation, our our matrix.
1: Brilliant, well, buddy. Listen, I I would love to uh keep in touch with you i want to see where you are in five years i have a feeling my, words, my, my he'll be in he'll be an actor he'll be a dj he'll be arriving mean, you're a very talented guy so you're an inspiration to all of us buddy you, thank brother. you thanks for coming on um i want to give you a copy of my book for sure if you haven't read it yet i in. it's a great book you'll like it. i think for communication and sales yeah. you'll like it you i love awesome. that all i'm right, grateful for the opportunity brother you gotta take <laughs> care thanks for having all me. right all right guys <laughs> that was a special episode of the wolf's den um What's your website again? Where do they find out more about you?
0: Yeah, so the the book was if they text Victor to four seven four seven four seven, they get a free audiobook. But, um, I'm on what? Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Um, Nick Santonastasio, the guy with the really long last name and no legs.
1: <laughs> All right, guys, take care. Hope you take this stuff in and use it because you know we spoke a lot of truth today about. Not being a victim, not taking control of your life. So, um, this guy is a role model. Thank you I very much,
0: it, brother.